When you think you've reached the end, God has a new beginning for you. Even when it seems the world is against you, or friends have betrayed you, it's not the end. We must die to ourselves and pick up our cross. No matter how bleak the future may look, there is hope. Look up and experience all that God has for you. This is not the end. It's only the beginning. Today is a great day. We're getting to continue our series, The End of the Beginning, with a special Easter message today about hope. Isn't hope something that we all need sometimes, right? It's crazy, like, when we think about in our community here in Pittsburgh, in the last year, some of the things that have happened, like, there's been some really amazing things that have happened in our community, both in Millvale and the greater Pittsburgh area. And there's been some really hard things that have happened too. There's been a lot of seasons and a lot of times where it's been like, wow, in the middle of this tragedy, we really need some hope. But Easter is all about hope. And I want to encourage you today, however you came into Element Church, whether you came in joyful and excited because today's Easter and we're celebrating that he's risen. Or maybe you have had a lot of things go on in your life recently where it's a little bit harder. And you came in today and it was a little bit like, man, I'm here and, I'm, I, I, and I, I know I need to be here, but uh, I'm in maybe some pain. Or maybe I've been dealing with some fear. Or maybe even you've been struggling with doubt. I want to encourage you today that as we look at the resurrection, that the resurrection is all about hope and the hope that Jesus offers us. And if you're here, if you're a guest today, you're here for the first time, uh, this is a, the third part of a four-part series. So we've been kind of preaching through the, the last few hours and moments of Jesus' life. We started with the betrayal of Jesus by Judas, and we looked at what, how, do we, how do we react and what do we do and what are God's purposes for us in the midst of relationships that are broken? And then last week we looked at the crucifixion of Jesus and we considered the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus and we, we compared that to how Jesus calls us to pick up our cross and follow him. And so we said, okay, well, this was Jesus when, when he ultimately faced his cross and what does it look like in our lives when we pick up our own crosses and we die to ourselves to follow Jesus. And today at the Resurrection Sunday, Easter, we're going to be looking at that and we're going to compare this to a dude named Thomas. You've, maybe you've heard of him before, maybe you haven't. But we want to see that the good news that Jesus offers us because of the resurrection is bigger and better than we could possibly imagine. And so we have a big idea for this series, and it's the same one as we've had the last two weeks, but it's when you think it's the end, God has a new beginning for you. When you think it's the end, when you think it's over, when you think there's no more hope, God has a new beginning for you. So we're going to read a, resur a resurrection passage today out of the Gospel of Matthew. It's one of my, my favorite of the accounts. 
It says this is after the Sabbath, at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here. He has risen just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I have told you. So the women hurried away from this tomb, afraid yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. I love the line in verse 8. Afraid, yet filled with joy. I think that describes a lot of moments in my spiritual journey. Whenever Jesus is, is doing something new in my life, or maybe springing up hope in the middle of pain where I have these moments where I'm afraid, but I'm filled with joy because I see that God's beginning to work something new in my life. When I thought there was an end, God is making a new beginning. And the resurrection story is amazing. You have Mary Magdalene and, and the other Mary, as it's described. And they're at a point of hopelessness. Because to them, walking to the tomb, Jesus who they were hoping was the Messiah, is dead and in his grave. There is no hope. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. And they're going to that place to, to mourn, to grieve. They're going there out of hope. But God had a new beginning there in that moment. Because Jesus wasn't dead. And you see that same sort of thing happen with the disciples later in the passage where the, the disciples are afraid because suddenly Jesus shows up in the middle of their pain, in the middle of their grief. The disciples had scattered. And now at this point, they're kind of talking to each other again. Jesus is in the grave a couple of days. They're still probably worried that the Romans are going to come for them and kill them. And Jesus shows up in the middle of their hopelessness and is like, don't be afraid. Their dreams, their hopes, everything that they thought Jesus was had been crushed. And now suddenly, Jesus is back. Don't we all need that at points in our life? Don't we all need that? Because there are lots of points where our dreams, our goals, the things that, that, that we think we're supposed to be doing with our life kind of get stepped on. They, they get crushed. They get broken. And we need Jesus to step in and say, hey, that thing that you think is dead, I've got something for you that's better 
than you could possibly imagine. So we're to look at a guy named Thomas. Maybe you've heard of Doubting Thomas, right? I don't think that's fair, by the way. I think Thomas gets a really, really bad rap because all the disciples were doubting. Thomas was not the only one. Thomas gets mentioned because of the particular way he did it, but they were all doubting. We see in other gospel accounts that when some of these ladies go and they tell the disciples that Jesus risen from the dead, they're like, no. And Thomas is filled with doubt. Now, we're going to play a video here real quick, and then we're going to read the scripture passage. But I found kind of a really cool uh, dramatized video that I wanted to share with you. Trev, if you could throw it up for me. My name is Thomas, and I struggle with doubt. I followed Jesus for years. From the very first day he called me, I saw things so amazing they defied explanation. I believed. But then things fell apart. I witnessed the betrayal that led to the cruel march to Calvary and his agonizing crucifixion. I survived, but everyone I knew scattered. My world collapsed. Then came news of the empty tomb, the very first Easter. But I resisted. The image of his broken, lifeless body was still burned into my memory. I experienced his death, then I couldn't believe. Not until I see the scars with my own eyes and touch them with my own hands, I told the others. I wasn't ready to put my trust in something again. But Jesus came to me. He knew my doubts. He even named them. But he wasn't angry. He didn't rebuke me or dismiss me. He looked at me with those familiar eyes and offered me his scarred hands inside. In that moment, I experienced his resurrection, and I believed. I know firsthand it's difficult to believe in what you can't see. And yet all around you are people whose lives and stories have scars that bear witness to the meaning of Easter. Yes, these people have been wounded, but they've experienced redemption and healing through Jesus. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection were meant to rescue the doubters, the debtors, and the broken. People like you and me. He met my doubts with grace and love, and he only asked one thing of me. Believe. Now, Thomas, also known as Didymus, one of the twelve was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hand. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. 
stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me and have believed, oh, I'm sorry. So Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. And the truth is this Easter, whatever you're facing, what God is up to is bigger and better than what you could possibly imagine, just as it was for Thomas. Thomas didn't know what God was up to. Thomas had been crushed and he didn't believe, but what God was doing in and through Jesus was bigger and better than he could have possibly imagined. Because Thomas could not imagine, could not comprehend that Jesus was going to rise bodily from the dead. And I want to give you three reasons why it's bigger and better today. And the first one of those is that Jesus isn't angry or upset with your doubts. Because if you're here today and you're human, which I think, I think you all are human, you've had doubts. You've had moments of doubt. And oftentimes when we have those moments of doubt, when we have those moments of insecurity, we think that because we've done that, that God is mad at us. But I love this, that when Jesus shows up in the middle of Thomas's story, it says a week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. A lot of fun things in this, because Jesus is coming for Thomas. Jesus is on a mission, right? We see it. We see that Jesus is on a mission right here. Because they had the doors locked. And Jesus just goes, not a problem. Hi, Thomas. And peace be with you. And sometimes when we're in these moments of doubt, when we, we, we're having the, this existential crisis in our life, whatever has gone wrong has gone wrong. And we think God's angry with us. So a little more figuratively, but we lock our doors. We shut ourselves off. We close it down. And we, we, we think we're hiding from God. Then Jesus shows up. And Jesus, who we thought was going to be angry or upset, looks us in the eyes and says, Peace be with you. Because Jesus, in our moments of doubt, isn't looking to condemn us or shame us. He's looking to step into the middle of our pain, in the middle of our moment, and give us peace. Jesus wants to get through your locked doors, not to beat you up, but to take you to where he wants you to be. When we think Jesus is angry, Jesus is actually trying to whisper into our ears, peace be with us. Because that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came to die for us, 
is because ultimately the mission of Jesus was to bring peace between God and man. To end the enmity and the brokenness that sin brings. That separation, that gap between us. Jesus came to bridge that gap so that we could have peace with God. That goal for us to know God, to be in a loving relationship with Him, because Jesus loves us more than we could possibly understand or imagine. And you know what? Sometimes we make mistakes. And sometimes I think we, you know, like any loving father, sometimes he's a little disappointed in us, right? He's like, if you got kids, you get it, you're like, come on. He's not angry. He loves you. And just like in the prodigal son, the father is waiting with open arms for us to run to him. He's not angry with you. But I love that Jesus, this is our second point today, Jesus can and will show up in the middle of your doubts. On Easter, when we talk about hope, we always have to juxtapose this idea of hope with realizing that, that we have doubts, and that we, we need hope because we have doubts, just as Thomas had doubts. But I love that not only is Jesus not angry with us, but Jesus is coming for us. He wants to show up in the middle of our doubts, in the middle of our pain. And then just as he comes through the locked door, he goes right to Thomas and says, he says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hand. Reach out your hand and put it to my side. Stop doubting and believe. Because the locked doors don't keep Jesus from coming in. And more than that, Jesus walks in and he confronts Thomas's doubts just right to his face. It's not like Thomas walked up to Jesus and said these things earlier. He's like, ah, unless the eye touch it. Like, he, Jesus wasn't, wasn't there, but as it turns out, Jesus is God, so he knew what was going on, right? So he just walks up to Thomas and he calls him out and he says, put your finger here. Touch my side. Thomas, who's afraid, who's fearful, who's doubting that this resurrection of Jesus couldn't possibly be true because his hope has been so crushed, encounters Jesus who says, touch it, see. If this is, if this is what you need, this is what, you, this is what I'll let you do. And Jesus is making it clear to Thomas that death did not hold him. This isn't a, a ghost Jesus, but that Jesus is physically resurrected, which is something that's very important to the Christian faith, by the way. One of the things we believe in as Christians is the resurrection of the dead. Not that we, we die and we become spiritual beings forever, but that at some point or another, our soul and our body are reunited at the resurrection, just as we see Jesus is once again resurrected with a physical body and he can be touched and he eats. You know, once we realize that Jesus isn't angry about our doubts, we have to realize that the best place for us to go when we have those moments, because you're going to have those moments, I have those moments, when we have those doubts, the place we need to go with them is right to Jesus. Because Jesus 
is ready for us to reach out and touch him. To come and say, you know, right now, Jesus, I don't have all the answers and I'm dealing with all this stuff and I don't get why you're doing this, but I'm going to come to you and I'm going to reach out and I'm going to touch you because I, I know that even in my doubts, you're the one with the answers. Because Jesus wants to restore us back to, the, to having the kind of faith we need to have to live our lives on his mission, just like he does right here for Thomas. And that takes us to our third point. Because Jesus can transform your doubts into hope. Jesus can transform your doubts into hope. And in fact, I love that Thomas's response to him is, my Lord and my God. Jesus reaches out and Thomas touches him. And Thomas not only realizes that Jesus is back from the dead, but that Jesus truly is God in the flesh. He declares Jesus as Lord and God. This is bigger and better than what we could possibly imagine. Because we doubt. And then in our fear, we hold on to our doubt. But if we bring those doubts to Jesus, he transforms them into hope. Because I think every time we have those moments, every time we have a pain or a loss or a hurt, and it leads us to doubt, if we're willing to take those by faith and with, with, with honesty to Jesus, he transforms those into another part of our story where we can say, I encountered this. I lost that. But Jesus transformed it into this beautiful thing that I can share with you right now where he brought me from death to life once again. When we bring it to Jesus and we let us meet him right where we're at, he changes everything. If we're willing to bring it to him. And this, this hope is deeply connected to faith, right? Because Christianity is all about faith. In fact, so much so that Paul, when he was writing a letter to the Romans, he was talking to the Romans about like what does it look like to be saved. You know, with the word we use a lot in Christianity, saved. To go from death to life. To be what Jesus described in Nicodemus as being born again. Of that Paul said it this way, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, just like Thomas did, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. And I love in the context of that, that Jesus, in this passage with Thomas, talks about you. Do you know that? He talked about you. Fran, he talked about you. He did, he talked all about Fran. It's kind of crazy, right? So Jesus is talking to Thomas, and he says, and Jesus told him, because you've seen me, 
you have believed. Here's where he talks about you. Blessed are those who have not seen and have yet believed. Man, Thomas got a freebie. Doubting Thomas got to reach out and touch Jesus. How cool is that? We'll get to you someday. But Jesus says, and, he, and Jesus knows that there's going to be generations of Christians that are going to follow this. He says that we're blessed because we didn't, we didn't get to see that moment, but we have yet believed. If you're a Christian today who has believed, Jesus calls you blessed because of the faith that you have to believe even though you haven't seen. If you're here today and, and maybe you don't believe, you can get in on this. You can. Because today, you can say, I'm going to declare with my mouth, Jesus is Lord. I'm going to believe in my heart that God raised Him from the dead. And then you can be one of those who are blessed because you have not seen, and yet you have believed. Because this Easter Sunday, He is risen, and it is a day for new beginnings. Because what Jesus wants to do in your life is bigger and better than what you can possibly imagine. Because even if you're here today and you have doubts, Jesus is waiting to transform those into hope. When you think it's the end, God has a new beginning for you.